Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our heart and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saint to help us navigate this very challenging life, which daily seems to be getting darker. Praise Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Why am I praising Jesus? You, that's, isn't that the question you should be asking? Well, for me, it's clarity. Jesus is Lord, as, right. our, as our favorite exorcist friend always says. Jesus is Lord. Right. Jesus is Lord. Right. So, so why, I'm, why I'm praising is because even dim bulbs can look bright in a dark room. And, <laughs> and I'm kind of a dim bulb, so I'm, I'm At excited. At least today, right? <laughs> in the darkness, I get to shine. The darker it gets, the brighter I look. Uh, and on a serious note, that's true about the people of God. I mean, really, mm-hmm. when it gets dark people of God need to light up and light the way to people who are struggling and suffering. But why don't you tell people about our guest? Very happy to welcome Michael O'Neill. And he is an award-winning author, EWTN television and radio host and creator of the popular miracle tracking website, miraclehunter.com. And I'm going to say that again, miraclehunter.com. Um, He is the radio host of the Gabriel Award-winning weekly radio program on EWTN, The Miracle Hunter, Saturdays at 1 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and the television host and executive producer of the weekly docuseries, They Might Be Saints, from the Lives and Intercessory Miracles of the Future American Saints. This It's uh, broadcast Mondays, 1130, and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and the new travel series, explore with the miracle hunter so welcome uh, michael o'neill author of they might be saints beautiful book thank you it's great to be with you today so michael i want to know you know when you you you've got a pretty long list i was actually surprised when i cracked the book and looked at the list um there's one saint i want to talk about a little bit that's most interesting to me but i was surprised at how many uh saints there are on the list that uh and basically, who uh, the church has already made some uh, uh, indication of their holiness, right? That's right. And some people have asked me, who did you include in the book? How did you decide who you know is worthy of mentioning as a future saint? But I put everybody in there. So that's all 24 venerables and blesseds. I have a chapter dedicated to the saints who already have been declared by Rome. And then the final chapter is about servants of God, people who may be a saint someday. So, uh, so I tried to put everybody in there. You know, you wrote nice uh, summaries of their lives. Uh, the the Augustine Tolton one was just beautiful about, uh, I'll never forget this image of his mother never having rowed a boat, you know, to escape the oppression, uh, you know, of the North um, and get to freedom, rowed a boat for the first time in her life with her little babies across the Mississippi River. Are you kidding me? Wow. Amazing. So you do a great job of, you know, writing these summaries. So as you were doing it, was there anyone that surprised you or anyone that, cause that touched me and I'll, I'll explain the reason in a minute, but anything that really, any of them got under your skin or you, you 
you personally thought, I need to have a devotion to this saint, or I need to, you know. Yeah, I think that uh, Augustus Tolton is uh, a chapter that everybody needs to read in the book. And that's our next episode of They Might Be Saints, the television series that'll air uh, this summer. So uh, we already filmed that one. So I'm excited to present the story of uh, Father Augustus Tolton. But uh, for me, uh, Father Frederick Berga is always an inspiration to me. He's known as the snowshoe priest of Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And uh, I always like to make the comment that Every time I think I'm doing enough, you know, with the radio shows and the the TV stuff and, you know, I'm doing enough to evangelize. You got to read the the life of uh, Father <laughs> Irenaeus Berga because uh, Frederick Irenaeus Berga, because he came from Slovenia. He came to Cincinnati and then he was sent up to the wilds of Upper Peninsula, Michigan, to minister to the Native Americans who lived there and the copper miners. And he was up at three and four every morning to pray for an hour or two. And then he would slap on these snowshoes and travel for thousands of miles over the course of a lifetime, just bringing the sacraments, building churches, spreading the gospel, uh, saying mass in four different languages sometimes. I mean, it's amazing, his his incredible life. So mm-hmm. I feel very, uh, he, he's a great intercessor for me personally. Well, the, the reason Augusta Tol- Tolton is interesting to me is Stephanie and I moved down to Montgomery, Alabama, and attend a predominantly or a historic black church, been predominantly black church. It's a church where Martin Luther King uh, came uh, on the march and, and with the crowds and camped out and all of that. And so my and and by the way, I will say a shout out to St. Jude, the most friendly church I think I've ever been in. It, I mean, I've been in some good friendly churches, too, and they are wonderful folks and really welcomed us there. But why did you do this book? I mean, what's your motivation? To me, it's inspirational to i think it should be inspirational to people to look and go gosh you know like saint ignatius well what if what if i give my life to this i could probably be a saint you know that's right i mean i I probably have different motivations but one that i think is really important is you know i think anybody who's a, a fan of sports you know you know that you cheer for your hometown team a little bit more than the others and uh, so when we see Americans who have uh, are put on this path to sainthood or who are canonized, we have a sense of American pride or Catholic pride when, when this happens, because it, it's kind of exciting to think that these people walked amongst us on American soil. And for the average person who thinks of saints as, you know, these people who lived centuries ago, maybe in a, across, across the pond, you know, in, you know, these, uh, almost plaster images of saints with the with the ha- painted halos, you know, uh, some some Italian nun or priest, you know, who we could never be like because we're just regular people. You know, this book kind of opens our eyes to say, these are these are regular people who are on the path to saint, who, who did it right, who give us the key and the direction of how to uh, become a saint, to be in heaven with God someday. So I think that, um, you know, people can find inspiration in the average people who are highlighted in this book. You know, they, they might remind us of ourselves in some way. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful point to make and actually was what I was thinking about when you think about St. Ignatius of Loyola and how he became a saint by reading the lives of saints. That, that was his inspiration that helped him to discover so much. And, um, and, and so a book like this is really important for us because we can read and be inspired and dream a little bit and wonder about where the Lord might be leading us. We might um, see ourselves in some of these stories and say, oh, you know, maybe this is how the Lord's calling me. And, and if they can do it, we can do it too. And I think it's just so important that we understand that saints are real people 
they're real people and, and they had real lives and real difficulties and, and they had laundry and dishes and, you know, in some of them had in-laws, some of them had, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, whatever it is that challenge us in our day to day and make it uh, feel like we'll never get there just because of um, our own weaknesses and uh, the problem with concupiscence. But anyway, I, I just love it. I think it's a great, um, it's a very, very necessary thing. And we just really could spend the rest of our lives and not exhaust the richness of the saints um, and and understand, you know, how that can help us in our walk. So let me ask you about this. It's my understanding um, that the sainthood process has evolved over um, the over the years. So what are the four steps in the current process for those of us who are a little ignorant in this area? Help us understand how do saints become saints? Thanks. It's a, it's a good question. And when I wrote the book, the book has these 24 chapters that are short biographies of these Americans, incredible Americans. And I've encouraged some people just to flip ahead to these stories because that's where the book is really fun. But People do have this question, how are saints made anyway? How does this come to be? You know, some people might have the concept that, you know, somebody whispers in the ear of the Pope and the Pope says, that sounds good. Let's make that person a saint. And then he canonizes them. Well, it doesn't work that way at all. It's often, you know, uh, years or decades or even centuries that it takes uh, for somebody to advance through the four steps. And, you know, over over the course of uh, church history, we have the early church, there were martyrs were the ones who were canonized. And then later, those who lived lives of heroic virtue were recognized. But it wasn't until uh, Prospero Lambertini, who is an Italian cardinal born in the 1600s, that he sort of revised the way the church looks at uh, miracles specifically, and also the canonization process. So in the new canonization process, which has been most recently modified by Pope John Paul II, in 1983, we have four stages in the sainthood process. The first is servant of God. So that's when your cause is off the ground, out of the gate. That's when people are starting to do all the, the research, the investigation uh, in the diocesan phase and, and getting all the, uh, turning over all the rocks, basically, making sure that uh, everything is okay to proceed. And then once that diocesan phase is complete, this giant uh, sort of summary, summarium or uh, uh, is, is sent to Rome and the Congregation of the Causes of Saints reviews the life of virtue of that future saint. And they often take years to, to get through this giant book, which is uh, hundreds of pages long uh, that documents the person's life. And if they can, if the congregation can come to the decision that uh, the candidate has lived a life of heroic virtue, uh, then they'll declare them to be venerable and the Pope will make a big statement about it. And then they've moved to that second step of sainthood. And then the search for miracles is on. Uh, sometimes they look at uh, older historical miracles, but they look for intercessory miracles to move from venerable to blessed because those miracles show that the person is in heaven interceding for us and establishes them in heaven, which is the whole point of declaring a saint in the first place. And so when they look at those miracles that need to be uh, a serious condition, not liable to go in its own, it must be an instantaneous, complete and lasting cure. And uh, perhaps most difficult of all, there can be no medical treatment that relates to the cure. And you can only have the intercession of just that one potential saint, which we can talk about that more later, but that's awful complicated. And so uh, if you find one, if they find one miracle, it's validated in Rome and a second miracle is validated in Rome, then you move to that fourth step, which is a canonization. And that'll typically happen in Rome where the, where the Pope and all the, all the faithful will celebrate the life of that, of that future saint. That's, you're, you, I can see why you've got a show on EWTN. You're, you've, 
you're very clear and helpful in, in explaining what's going on. And, and if you're wondering who this is, if you're in the middle of the show, who's talking to us on Divine Intimacy Radio, it's Michael O'Neill, and he's the author of They Might Be Saints and also the host of a show on EWTN regarding the saints and uh, the path to sainthood in America. Inspiring book, I would say, I don't know, Steph, to me, I'd love to get this in the hands of like required reading for a high school, a high a Catholic high school. Has any, have you heard of anybody doing that? You know, the I, I'd like to say your idea is novel, and it is in the fact that it hasn't been done yet. But a number of people have said that perhaps a confirmation class of some sort Ooh. would like to read this, and then they could watch the videos, which the you know the the episodes air every week on EWTN. There's been 15 of them done, so you know you could read about them and then also watch them come to life in, in the film. So I think there's some potential there. That's yeah, great. So we got to awesome. we got to head to the break. Okay. When we get back, we'll talk more about the the process of uh, canonization. And I'm going to ask you how many of the servants of God there are, because that is a long list. That's very cool. So we'll be right back. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy and marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events. Register today. There is a growing need for well-formed, solid spiritual directors in the church today. The Avila Institute, in collaboration with Heart of Christ Spiritual Direction Program, offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards God. The program is grounded in Ignatian and Carmelite spirituality based on a Catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles in the new evangelization. This program offers both online and on-site classes. Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. We're here talking with Michael O'Neill about a really fascinating book, I think, especially for Americans. I know people listen to us from all over the world, but um, uh, for Americans, in terms of inspiring us to be saints, this book is great, and I want to reiterate a suggestion before the break. This would be great for a confirmation class or high school, or what's the last grade of uh, middle, of the schools that, that you've that you last oversaw what well middle, middle school is eighth or and some middle schools have up to ninth grade ninth but, grade yeah, yeah but you know the, i mean any age after that is going to be awesome young adults these are amazing because of the age of these saints so i i wouldn't relegate it just to schools but it any any yeah, confirmation I'd love, class i'd love to sit all afternoon on a sunday and just read it cover to cover right and then as we talked about uh michael has a show on ewtn so you could watch the show read the book you know uh, combination to get the full effect so it's very cool so back to the canonization process stephanie has another question um, so I want to know how the church validates intercessory miracles, because that's just really beautiful. You know, the way you were describing it and thinking about, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how we confirm that they're actually in heaven. Um, so we need specific miracles and we need to know, OK, it's only that saint, because if you're somebody like me, 
when I pray for intercession, I have pocket saints and I have like 25. When I go into prayer, I'm naming all my saints. Um, so I'm not really sure who's answering me sometimes. <laughs> so how do we validate that it's actually that particular person? It's a great question. And I like to joke about this too. When I'm in need of some help, I'm praying to all my friends, the saints in heaven, hoping that somebody up there picks up the phone because yeah, you know, I need the help badly. So um, so I might do a scattershot approach and, and approach all my favorite intercessors. But when it comes to you know sainthood miracles, you think about it from a practical point of view. Imagine that somebody was cured of cancer and they went to the Pope or went to the bishop or went to the, the cause and they said, guess what? I have a miracle through this uh, potential saint. But I also prayed to St. John Paul II, Mother Teresa, St. Therese, St. Francis. But I really think it's that, you know, that future saint who did, did the work. They might say, you know, congrats on your miracle, but we can't use that one because uh, there's no proof. It's really complicated with canonization causes is because you have to pray to just that one saint and all your family and all your friends have to pray to just that one saint. If there's any word that gets out that somebody else was praying to somebody else, they're not going to count that one. And uh, in the book, They Might Be Saints, I actually include at the end of every chapter an intercessory prayer and the contact information, the website, the mailing address, and the email address of every cause. So let's say you read the book and you said, I kind of like that future saint, that Miriam Teresa Demjanovich. You know, I'm going to pray to her. Let's say you got a miracle. Well, sir, sir enough, you could uh, contact the Sisters of Charity in New Jersey uh, with the book. So I want to make that uh, want to make it easy for people if they find a miracle along the way. That's awesome. I, I that's just really remarkable. What a great uh, detail about your book to have the particular intercessory prayer for each one of these um, individuals that might be saints. That's awesome. It's very cool. But you have to, you know what's interesting about that. You you sort of got to take a risk, right? So you can't you can't include all your, you. Can, but I imagine that means you have to be fairly convicted that that person is the one to be praying for you, in order to set aside all your other pocket saints. And you know. yeah, I mean, I think the thing to keep in mind is that God is the one who heals. Right. You know? Yeah. We just ask them to intercede. So. Yeah. Very good. That was a good point. Okay. Okay. So tell us about how many servants of God are there right now. So the number is incre is increasing all the time. I mean, there are sainthood causes that are popping up, and you'll see in that final chapter. I needed to put the word. This is an incomplete list of the the uh, servants of God because it's growing every year, and so it's approximately one hundred. It's a little bit uh, south of one hundred, I think, but. Every year there's new, there's, you know, last year there were a couple added in New Orleans, for example, and there's there's new ones added all the time. And some of them advance on, they graduate and move to Venerable and Blessed, but uh, much, much uh, a larger number gets added as servants of God every year. So we've got a lot of future saints uh, brewing in America. So who would you predict, predict is going to be the next American saint? <laughs> That's a great question. If I uh, were to take this to Las Vegas and set up some odds, you know, I would I would predict you have to pick a blessed, right? Because uh, a venerable doesn't have a miracle yet. So you need a blessed who's got one miracle under their belt. I think that it probably would be somebody like uh, Father Michael McGivney, the oh, founder yeah. of the Knights of Columbus, because you have such, you know, it's the largest fraternal organization in America. And to think you have all those people praying for his uh, canonization and for his intercession, I'm pretty sure that his door gets knocked on as much as anybody. So my money would be on Fa uh, Father Michael McGivney. On the fruits the fruits of that of what he set in motion are quite quite extraordinary you know it, it strikes me that this book might also be given to someone because i have someone particular in mind to reignite 
or draw them back to the faith or maybe introduce them to the Catholic faith? Do you, what do you, what's your sense about how effective that might be? You know, I, I think it's it's a really smart idea. And I've started doing this myself. Of course, it's my book, so I'm happy to give it out. But <laughs> what I've been doing is I've, I've been putting a bookmark in the chapter that I think relates the most uh, mm. to uh, to the person. And so, you know, for example, there's a there's a chapter about uh, Blessed James Miller, who's a martyr from Wisconsin. And he was a he was a real handyman. He was just, a you know, a, a guy helping around and helping out the other priests and building the building a chapel, building the school. And, you know, I gave this to a, a friend of mine who does construction because I thought, you know, maybe, you know, that would resonate with them. But, you know, I think when we try to clobber people over the head with theology and dogma and doctrine, you know, there's a very rare person who's going to say, yes, you've convinced me. Yes, you've got me. Now I now I know how I want to believe. But the stories of people who love Christ and who did it the right way and who were real saints, uh, I think that can be inspiring. And the chapters are short and uh and uh, interesting, I think. So I think that anybody could read just one chapter and maybe that'll bring them uh, to knowledge of the saints and, and, and to Christ himself. We're coming down the down the stretch for the show. And I want to be careful to make sure we don't miss a few resources for folks who find this interesting, aside from buying the book, which you can find at EWTN's Religious Catalog. How does, this, uh, how does the book connect to your show, uh, They Might Be Saints? And just curious how you're deciding who, I mean, you have so many, how you just, how have you decided who you're going to do first, second, third on the show? Well, we've, uh, we've definitely talked to many of the causes and there are future ones being considered right now. And we've done 15 of them so far. So the show is, you know, off and running. And I think that if people go to theymightbesaints.com, they can see when the new, the next episodes air. And every week, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, this program airs. So people can really watch the show and then read more in the book. If they say, hey, that saint's pretty interesting, they can get the full, the full scoop by reading the book. But, um, you know, when we do these episodes, we just try to feature, we collaborate with the causes and, and present these lives of future saints. And like I said, there's 24 of them to be done. We've done 15 of them already. So my great hope is that we can partner with all the causes and, and present all of these incredible lives. So I have a quick question. This is like burning in my mind at the moment. So <clears throat> going back to um, validating the intercessory miracles, you mentioned physical healing. Is that the only miracles that are counted because of why? So air medical miracles are the best to be used for canonization causes is because they have scientific proof both before and after the event. So we're talking about MRIs or x-rays or doctor's reports where it's been documented the serious condition. And then afterwards, you can do the same MRI and see that the tumor is gone, for example. Um, or the the eye test, you know, the doctor will say, or in the case of Robert Gutherman, in the case of Catherine Drexel, there was a boy who lost his hearing in his ear because a virus ate the bones out of his ear. But sure enough, after her intercessory miracle, the bones grew back in his ear. Oh, wow. So, that, yeah. you know, there's incredible miracles, but it's because there's documentation before and afterwards. I'm aware of two cases where they've used miracles that are not medical. And there was one, uh, Blessed Juan Macias, he was uh, not an American saint, but it was a food multiplication miracle where he was he was a cook. A cook prayed for his intercession, and then uh, the rice and the meat started multiplying, and he felt a room full of hundreds of people. That was one miracle. And another uh, miracle was uh, this this uh, Saint Stephanie um, 
and her there was a uh, water fount to these people who were in Africa and they uh, they were out of water and there were people outside the doors ready to kill them. So they survived on the water of this uh, wa holy water fount that just kept refilling and refilling. And that was the only other time I've heard of a non-medical miracle being used for a canonization. You know, I've actually had a medical miracle uh, validated, uh, medically validated. And that, and I'll tell you the saint in a minute, uh, but the, my heart, I had a blockage in one of my arteries and uh, was interceded for just with this saint. And then when I went back to the hospital, because I was going to have to go back in for surgery and they did the test and the doctor said, your heart is no longer, there's no longer any blockage. And, uh, and uh, I said, how did that happen? You know, and he's a Jewish doctor. And, uh, I, he, he said, I have no idea. I said, well, I, I think I do. So the, so, but may, but I don't think this saint needs your help. Uh, and that's because it was St. Joseph. So God be praised, but it is, it is fascinating to have, you know, kind of experience that firsthand. Well, this is kind of how it works. He was the only one that was interceded to for my healing. And the priest who prayed over me told me when it was all done, thank St. Joseph. So that's really what we're kind of an example of what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Praise be to God for your healing. Um, that's yeah. wonderful. And um, yeah, we're talking about the prayers being targeted at just one uh, potential saint. Those are the kinds that the church looks at for canonization. So, um, you know, it's it's a very tricky thing that to find any miracle, a little bit of a miracle, anytime they find a miracle for, for a, a sainthood cause. So uh, all, all those all those case, all those causes around the United States are are scrambling and looking to, to see a miracle awesome. come to the light. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you are in need of healing, pick up this book just to find the one uh, so you can help and become a saint. Michael O'Neill, They Might Be Saints on the Path to Sainthood in America. Really interesting book, uh, very well written. And uh, so the uh, the EWTN show, a weekly docu docu-series, docu They Might Be Saints, about the lives and intercessory miracles of future American saints, Mondays at 11.30 a.m. and Fridays at 5 p.m., both Eastern time. Mm -hmm. You also have a show, Explore with the Miracle Hunter, right? What's that about? So this is my travel show. So I, I travel around the world uh, looking looking at miracles and for miracles. Uh, I uh, people know me by the name the Miracle Hunter. So this is my travel series, and this will this has been uh, we've filmed twelve episodes already, and this will be airing in March, the beginning of March on EWTN. So check the local listings for that. But it's uh, shows with uh, beautiful uh, footage of these places and amazing recreations. I encourage people to check them out. You've we did uh, the Eucharistic Miracle of Lanciano, for example. And the recreation of that is absolutely stunning. So I encourage people to check out Explore with the Miracle Hunter also awesome. at EWTN. Great, great. Well, we'll look forward to it. Thank you for um, participating in this podcast with us. It's an amazing topic. So until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.